0: The word but is a pretty big word in the English language. I'll just let that sink in for a minute, but I'm talking about the one with just one T because normally in the English language it it, it sets up a negative assessment or something that casts a shadow on what was previously said. For example, the food was great, but the garlic was too strong. Or, he did a great job most of the game, but he choked in those last two minutes. He made, I made a resolution to lose weight, but I've already lost ground. Can I get an amen on that? I had a great time with family at Christmas, but my sister was a real pain. We come up with statements like that. But is a big word in the English language. It's also a big word in the Bible. And yet it's for different reasons. So often in the scripture, we find the word but to, to, to describe something about God. And even, even though we end up thinking of that word in casting a shadow on negative events... There are times that this word is used to indicate a move of God that happens in spite of unfavorable or impossible circumstances. During Christmas week, my family and I got to do something that was just incredibly special. Uh, All seven of the grandkids and um, our our two sons and their wives and and Pam and I, we ended up going to see the Ark Encounter uh, in Kentucky. I have to tell you, folks, that was an amazing, amazing experience. This is a true-to-scale rendering of the ark that Noah built. And he was instructed by God in Genesis chapter 6 to to build it by, by, by certain dimensions, pretty much the size of a football field and also 10 stories high. And it took him several hundred years to do this. And the reason for that was that mankind had become so evil that God was so sorry that he had created us and so he determined that he would wipe out all of humanity but verse 8 says of chapter 6 in Genesis it says but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and it's because of Noah that we're here today it's because of him that we have humanity and Noah and his sons were tasked to build this ark they were to provide food for the animals as well as themselves to be able to survive and they lived in this huge boat for nearly a year and once on dry ground the repopulation of the earth began once again Noah is not the only but God story in the Bible. There are countless others like Joseph, who was sold into slavery by his jealous brothers. And and then over the course of several years, he was catapulted into being second in command in the land of Egypt. And he was in charge of overseeing the food distribution and the accumulation because a famine was coming. And his fiscal acumen and other things contributed to the fact that he was able to uh, allow for this nation to survive the famine, provide for other nations, and increase in their influence and their power. And Joseph was also able to rescue his family, including the brothers that had done him wrong, from almost certain death. After their father died, the boys, the other, the other brothers, were really scared that Joseph was going to unleash his fury on them and try to get even with them. And, 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 and they were just really, really scared of, of him. But he met with them and he said in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. But God. Moses killed a man in Egypt and he fled into the wilderness and he decided that he was going to be a shepherd for life. But God stepped into his life and he called him into leadership to, to free a people from certain slavery. And then there are stories all throughout scripture of how God worked through people in very amazing ways. Like Esther, who was a very common lady, ends up being thrust into being a queen of an empire. Or David, who was a shepherd, but he is, he is equipped to be a king. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, from captives to advisors to the most powerful king in the, in, in the, in the world at the time. And also key servants of his. And then there's Paul. In the New Testament, he was a persecutor of the church, but then he becomes a planter of churches because of what Jesus had done in his life. And every single one of those people had something in common, and it was, but God. Unstoppable God, who does impossible things through ordinary people because his power is greater than we could ever imagine. I suspect that many of us in this room have made resolutions for the coming year, right? And probably within the next uh, eight eight weeks, you're probably going to end up giving up on them. Some of us want to lose weight. Others want to live healthier. Still others want to pursue a degree. Some have said that they're going to get out of debt. Or buy a house, and still others would like to be married, uh, like Will. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if you know about this or not. Uh, if you do, if you're not on Facebook, you've missed it. Uh, Will just got engaged this past this uh, over Christmas, uh, and uh, there is a there is a wedding being planned, and uh, we're well, we're happy for him, we're thrilled for him, but we're also Uh, excited for Hannah as well and uh, you'll get to meet her and she's gonna she's a blessing already I want to offer every single one of us a challenge for 2018 and beyond become a but God person much more significant because you see we have this idea that, that, that God only works the way we want to, that, that he is here to meet our needs, that make things work out the way we want them. And we need to understand that God is not our personal genie. Instead, we need to be willing to l- let him work the way he wants and be who he wants to be, and we be his servants. We are here to do his bidding and to allow him to work in us and through us. I hear people talk about their God. But a lot of times, folks, very honestly, their God is not the God of Scripture. He's not the God that's revealed in the pages of the Bible. Will shared last week that encountering God can often be very, very dangerous and very, very scary. Scary. And that's why we like to keep him at an arm's distance. To go so far as to say, my God is not like that, or my God would never do that, when the Bible says specifically that he is, and that he does those things. But encountering him is the only thing that will lead to true change in life for us. When Moses was in God's presence, the Bible says in Exodus that his appearance was transformed, so much so that people noticed it, and he had to wear a veil in front of, on his face to cover the glory of the Lord. A lot of times, folks, when we end up encountering God, our appearance changes as well. Maybe not in the same way. But others will see us differently as we become people through whom God can really work as we surrender to him, as we live for him, and as we follow him. Who is this God? He is the only God. The one who just by his word and breath spoke this world and universe into being. He is the one who breathed into every single one of us the breath of life. He is the God who, although we sin, has relentlessly pursued us by unfolding his plan throughout history and throughout mankind to bring us back to himself. He is the God who in the Old Testament and New Testament times took ordinary men and women and used them mightily for his glory. And he empowered them as they obeyed him. And he continues to do that through people this day. And he wants to continue to do that through you and through me. There are people who have surrendered to him and believe with all their hearts that God is able to do impossible things. And he is unstoppable when it comes to fulfilling his word and his pleasure. He is the God who is unfazed by the schemes and the devices of the enemy. And please understand, folks, we have an enemy. His name is Satan, and he is hell-bent, literally, on thwarting anything and everything that we try to do to the glory of our King and our Lord. And through it all, God still has control of everything. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says that God can bring the most evil things and actually bring good out of them when he says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. He is the God who sent his only son to become one of us so that he would understand what it's like to be human and to struggle with temptation and to suffer and to be alone and to be rejected. But he is also the God who through his one and only Son can give us a glimpse of who he is like and what he wants to do. And he is a God who took sin and death and looked it in the eye as a man. And he allows for us to stand up with glory and with conviction and say, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? He is the only God who paid for the price that we deserved so that we could be his children, so that we could be his people, so that we could be his family. And he is the God who will take us to be with him to a place that is far better than this one, a new heaven and a new earth. And it is because of that and so much more that we can say to him be glory now and forever. Amen. Amen. Over the next year, we're going to see how many of those attributes of God and the God that we serve help us, help, help us to see that he is a but-God kind of God. To the example of others, we're going to see what it means to live a but-God kind of life. We're also going to go through a series that we've entitled The Big Butts in the Bible. Just thought I'd let you know about that, okay? Referring to this impossible God, impossible things, and he faces it with with conviction and with power, and there is nothing that phases him. And we're also going to take the time to ask for us, what if, what if, And what would happen if we truly allowed God to control not only our individual lives, but we moved powerfully and irresistibly in our church as we allowed him to work? Folks, please understand this, and you may not think that this is happening, but it is. Thousands of churches are closing every single year in the United States. Thousands of them. Others are declining relentlessly, and they face the same fate in their future as well unless something drastic happens, unless there is a willingness to not only reach out to within the community, but also to listen to God and to allow for him to do impossible things through them. We're living in a society that increasingly rejects and opposes the status quo of religion and quite honestly some of it's warranted some of that rejection is warranted and one of the reasons why so many people end up rejecting the status quo is that there are far too many christians far too many of us who claim to wear the name of jesus who don't take god seriously in second timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 it's one of those passages that just scare the willies out of me. Because Paul warns that the day is going to come when people who claim to follow God will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And Paul warns Timothy, have nothing to do with them. And we live in a country where comfort and prosperity rules, even in the church, we have all that we need. Many have all that they want. And the result is that many of us feel like there is no need for God in our lives. Oh, we'll go through the emotions and we'll come in and we'll sing a few songs and, and we'll, we'll take communion and we'll give a few bucks in the offering. But there's no power there, no godliness because it doesn't leave this place. It doesn't leave other places. And I'll be honest with you folks, without, without trying to be judgmental or anything, there are some of us in this room who are living that way. And there is nothing within our lives that reflects God And that reflects the reality that apart from Him we are absolutely nothing and we can do nothing that makes any difference at all. And the people in our world that reject this outward form of empty religion still continue to seek after people who will focus and believe and live as if God can do impossible things. within this context that we not only have an opportunity, we have a challenge, but we also have a calling. God wants us to be a but-God kind of church, one that sees things from his perspective, one that operates in total and complete trust in him, one that reflects his heart and his generosity, one that moves forward in his power and strength to do his will even if the odds seem stacked against us. You know, recently we talked about how, through Jesus Christ, God wants us to be free from all the prisons that seem to engulf us. Discouragement, depression, bitterness, anger, egotism, fear, gluttony, hatred, unforgiveness, and a host of others. And that begins when we ask Jesus Christ to free us. But it continues when we take God at his word, And when we, not just in reading his word, but taking it to heart and living it. I hope that many have already taken the challenge that Will put out last week. And I know that there are some that have posted on Facebook and uh, that they're, that they're they're, they're reading their passages of scripture every day in order to go through the entire Bible within a year, and I commend you for that. I want you to know that if you will take the time to read through the Bible and make it a priority and stick with it, you will develop a spiritual muscle, a spiritual muscle of hearing God, and hearing always precedes life-changing action. And we're going to continue our focus as a congregation to love God through through engaging, life-changing, and meaningful worship. We're going to love people by connecting in small groups and growing together in community and in service and in learning and in sharing. And we're also going to continue to impact the world by reaching out to our community through meaningful ministries and projects. And continue to expand our outreach, not only in this city, but also beyond through mission trips and support beyond our city. Also, 2018 marks 60 years of existence for Mechanicsville Church of Christ. Pretty exciting. It's almost as old as I am. And we're gonna celebrate the past in October. But we're also gonna look to the future As we consider God's vision and direction for us on how we can best reflect that we are a but God kind of people. One of my favorite passages of scripture is found in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or imagine, according to his great power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus Both now and through all generations, forever and ever, Amen. I've memorized and quoted that passage multiple times in my life, but this past year, that passage of scripture took on an even greater meaning to me. I shared with you about my trip to India last October. And I've shared with you some details of of the things that took place leading up to that trip, but that trip was scheduled back in January of last year. Ajay Lal emailed me and asked me to come, and I began to make preparations. I began to find out details and different things like that, purchased an airline ticket, and so on and so forth. And I was supposed to travel with a team of 15 other people from another church and just kind of tag along with them, and uh, I applied for a visa, which is required by the Indian government. And for some reason, whether it be through my clicking things wrongly on the, on the web page or different things like that, it never came through. It never happened. In addition, I found out that the, that the group that I was going with, um, they didn't get their visas either. And they were really sweating it out, because they had applied a lot earlier than I had. And we got down through all the way to the month of October, and finally, out of desperation, I went ahead and went up to Washington, D.C., and dealt with Washington, D.C. traffic, okay, which in itself increases your prayer life tenfold, you know. But I went down there, and I went through the, through the Indian Embassy, and I asked questions, and I struck out, and the only thing I could find out was, if you want to get a, get a visa, you need to apply through something called the e-visa on, on, on the Indian government website. So I came home, and I did that, and this was a Wednesday night, or a Thursday night, excuse me, and I came back and applied, and I was told that I would need to make, or that it, that it would take over 72 hours, I did it successfully, it would take 72 hours to get my visa. And we knew that we had a Friday deadline to get to to decide whether or not we were going to be able to go, including the group from, from the other church. Friday noon came and went and there was no visa for them. And they called me and let me know that they had canceled the trip. So I canceled too. Within an hour, I got my visa. It came through within less than 40 hours. And as a result of that, I was able to rebook, Ajay was able to, was able to contact me and he said, we really need you here. So I went ahead and went. But I did it solo, I, I traveled alone. I had company, I had somebody with me all the time, but I ended up doing this, this trip alone. And that through this event and through countless others that took place along the way, I experienced the reality of but God in my life. And most of you know and have heard what a life-changing experience it was to me. And I've been trying to the best of my abilities to communicate what a life-changing experience God can be to you as a result Because I know that there are some in this room who have experienced but God moments as well. Times when you saw God step in in the course of your life and alter it dramatically. And some of you have shared those things, but others of you haven't, and I'd love to hear your stories. But I want you to know the greatest but God moment that takes place in the life of anyone. And that is when he moves us from by his grace from spiritual death to spiritual life. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 and 8 through 10 says as for you you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us And this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So here's my challenge for today. But here's my challenge for the year and for the life that you have. Live a but-God life. One that models and reflects Jesus, even through difficulty and pain. One that models and reflects Jesus, even though there are going to be impossible things that seem to come up in your life. But you know that you serve an unstoppable God, and He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. This year, I want to offer a personal challenge for all of us to follow through. this year, invite, commit yourself to invite one person to come to church with you every week. One person. With the exception of maybe this week, we have between 150 to 175 adults in this church building on any given Sunday. That doesn't include the kids. And I'll bet you anything that if we involved them in the challenge, that they would end up outperforming us. But here's, the, here's the challenge. Invite one person a week. Over the course of 2018, that would total between 90, 7,800 and 90, 9,100 invitations, depending on the number of people that we have. And some would come and some would hear Jesus, about Jesus, and respond to him as a result. Studies have shown that the vast majority of people would come to church if somebody else invited them. And some will even learn about Jesus as a result. So I challenge every single one of us to pray and watch what God does in the life of our friends, of our acquaintances, of the people that we come across over in the, in the marketplace or at the supermarket, at the checkout, whatever the place may be. But watch what God does in your life too. Because it's only going to happen if you believe but God. And I suspect that there are probably some of you today who are thinking of a name of somebody that you could go ahead and invite. I want to encourage you as you leave this place to go over to the prayer wall. There are papers in that, in that container over there. You write down the name of that person that you're going to invite this week. And you put them on the prayer wall. There are people that come here to pray on a regular basis throughout the week. You put their name on the prayer wall. Let's see what God does. Let's believe that we have an unstoppable God who can do impossible things. And a lot of times we end up having so many people that we know and we say to ourselves, oh, oh, they would never, never think about coming. But God does the impossible. Nothing is impossible to him. I suspect that there are still others in this room who have not yet surrendered to Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, the one who came and showed us that God is a but God, kind of God, and he took the impossible, our sin, and death, and the condemnation that we deserve, and he took it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. And maybe you have not put on Christ and you haven't accepted Him as your Lord and Savior and been baptized into Him. You know that things aren't right with you. And maybe deep down inside you don't know how to handle it. Maybe you need to talk to somebody. But deep down inside you sense that someone is speaking to you. Someone is prompting your heart and saying, Follow me. I want you to be a God kind of person. White L. Moody once said, "The world has yet to see what God can do through a person that is fully surrendered to him." And so our challenge for 2018 is that you be that man, that you be that woman, and that we be that church who believes in an unstoppable God who does impossible things. And who will work through us by his grace, imperfect though we may be, to do some amazing things. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus thanking you. Thanking you that you are so much bigger than we could ever hope or imagine. Thanking you that you are willing to take us just as we are and use us. And sometimes we just scratch our heads and just say, is it possible? And yet you lovingly reach out your arms and you say, please come. Watch and see what I can do through you. And for those who who still need to turn to you, Lord, I pray that they will hear your call. I pray that they will follow you that they will respond to you, that they will know you as they surrender to Jesus and as he gives them life in the way that only he can. So many of us are going around living, but there are those of us who have no life in us. I pray that that life might take place today, right now, in your presence.